0: Hello, welcome to the Discovery of the Fitzgeralds, the podcast about a family dynasty of the Fitzgeralds. In the last podcast, we talked about some famous Fitzgeralds, their beginnings, and how the beginning of a dynasty. In this one, we're going to talk about invasion or invitation. But before we continue, we'll start talking about parage for those who aren't well acquainted with it. We'll start with the Baron, the lowest of the Parish. They would lease the land called the manor for the king and provide men-at-arms when the king called. There are 426 barons and nine baronesses in their own right in Parliament as of today. Next is the viscount, which was like a lieutenant or deputy. They would be uh, local ministers on behalf of the duke and collect taxes. There are about 111 as of today. Then comes the earl. They are governor or viceroys ruling in the king's name. They keep the peace, dispensing justice, and raising armies, which the Fitzgeralds held for many years. There are about 191 present today. Next is the Marquis. They are reserved to protect their respective land from enemies, and there are currently 35 Marquis today. Then last, the Duke, who held the highest prestige of peerage other than king or queen. They ruled for the king or queen in the county, island, or nation. Usually they were a royalty or a nobility. They passed down by parent or given by king or queen. There are currently 24 dukes. You will hear a lot about these titles as we go on. Now on with our quest. But before we get started, in the last podcast we talked about the beginnings of the Fitzgeralds. Today's question I would like to ask, what does the Mona Lisa have to do with the Fitzgeralds? And I will give you the answer at the end. The Fallen uh, Podcast has violence, animal cruelty, and rape mentioned in it. I strongly advise, if you don't want to listen, to go ahead and stop the podcast. Also, I would like to take and apologize if I mispronounce any names. I am a Yank in the United States, and so some of these words are a little foreign for me. Alright, now let's begin. Dermot McMurr king of Leinster was born 1110. It said he would kill richly blind and castrate those who wouldn't produce any heirs. In 1132 when a rival dynasty presented a woman as their best in Kader he had a soldier take her to bed and rape and disqualify her. He was disposed by the high king for kidnapping Ua Rara, wife Adirafogal and he was kicked out of Ireland which he fled to England in 1166, looking for Henry II for help. He found Henry II in France, who was at war with France. After some negotiations, Henry II said he could take some soldiers from Wales. The Normans were the most organized military power in the medieval West. He offered his allegiance to Henry for his help with lands in Ireland. Dermot goes to Wells and meets David Fitzgerald, Bishop of the St. Davids in Wells. They broker a deal with David's brothers, Morris Fitzgerald, Robert FitzStephen, which they have to make a deal with their cousin Rice at Grifford, where he was locked up in prison. He was released on the condition he didn't come back. Along with Richard Declare, Earl of Pembroke, also known as Strongbow, In return, Dermot would give land and titles in Rexford and hand in marriage to his daughter. Desmond with Morris and Robert with 10 knights, 30 men at arms and 100 archers on August 23rd, 1170 arrived in County Wexford. It was reported the Irish ran naked to the Norman knights throwing stones. The knights would capture the Irish breaking their legs before throwing them into the sea. The sea was stained red from blood. There was Alice the Vicious, who beheaded 70 men for killing her lover. After Wexford, they marched on to Dublin, taking it with a quick swoop. Dermot, thinking Strombo wasn't going to show, offered his marriage to his daughter, to Morris and Robert, which they both declined. Strombo came in, conquering Waterford, marching to Dublin, marrying Dermot's daughter, Eva. He also rebuilt Christchurch in Dublin, where his body is buried today. Later on in eleven seventy one, Dermot died and Strongbow inherits the kingdom of Leinster. Soon after King Roderick besieged them in Dublin. During the Council War with Strongbow, Morris gave a speech and goes as this We have not come so far, comrades, for pleasure and rest, but to try the chances of fortune and under pearl of our heads to meet the forces of the enemy. For such is mobility of human affairs the selling of the sun follows in the rising the light in the east dispels the darkness in the west so we on whom fortune hath hitherto by land and sea and are even want of provisions for neither sea brings secure nor the hostility fleets permit to reach us Fitz stephen also whose courage and noble daring open us the way into this island is now with the small force besieged by hostile nation what should we therefore wait for Though English to the Irish, we are as Irish to the English, for this Ireland does not show us greater hatred than that. So away with delay and inactivity for fortune favors, and bold in fear of secrecy, will give strength to our men. Let us attack the enemy manfully through few in numbers. We are brave, well armed, and accustomed to hardship and to the victory, and will terrify the ill and warlike magnitude. End quote. I love that quote. Ever since I found it, it has become one of my favorite quotes. Anyways, after that, they made their way to Fingelis, taking King Roderick by surprise. He taken with what that they conquered King Roderick so in fear that Strongbow would rule a new kingdom. Henry II came over to battles were done, and then pay homage had them pay homage to him. When he landed, the Irish chiefs immediately welcomed Henry over Strongbow. Morris was given a barony of which was Maynooth and Nos, also obtained grant of Castle Wicklow. He built Maynooth Castle as a defense on his property. Morris passed away September 1, 1177, buried in the Abbey of Greyfriars. He was married to Alice de Montgomery, daughter of fourth son of Roger de Montgomery, distant cousins of William the Conqueror. He had five sons and one daughter. Gerald the first Baron of Offley, William, Baron of Nos and Thomas, surnamed the Great, is the ancestor of the Earl of Desmond. Alexander and Morse died without issue. Nesta, in eleven seventy five, Harvey de married Harry, Harvey de Clare de Montemarasco. Forgive me for not pronouncing that right. Uncle of Strongbow. Here we come to a fork in the road. One part is the Barony of Offley, the other is the Earl of Desmond. We're going to go down the Baron Uffley for now, and we'll come back and journey down the other road. Gerald Fitzmaurice fought with his father, distinguishing himself by bravery. In 1205, he sat at Parliament as Baron Uffley. He died in 1205. Though short in stature, he was a man of great prudence and worth. He had two sons Morris, second bear, Baron, Gerald, who died without issue. Morriston become baron until 1216, well after his father passed away. In 1216, he received from the king a grant of Castle Crum and of Dugervin in Osklin, which would later go on to the Earl Desmonds. In 1215, he introduced the Order of the Frasinskians, and in 1216, that of the Dominicans. In 1248, at his request, the Archbishop of Dublin... And erected the chapel in Maynooth, which was attached to the castle, into prebend of the Cathedral of St. Patrick. The nomination to this prebend is still in the gift of his descendant, the Duke of Leinster. He also, in 1240, granted to the monastery of Saints or All Hollows near Dublin the Church of Tirbata or Tagdol for good of his souls and souls of his wife, Juana, and his predecessors and successors. The of this church was on the suppression of the monastery in 1539, granted by Henry VIII as a reward for loyalty of citizens during the rebellion of the Silken Thomas to the Corporation of dublin from which it was purchased by the Duke of Leinster in 1842. May 20th, 1257, he passed away, having soon the habit of the Order of Franciscan Monastery of Yogol, which he founded in 1232. He had married Julianne, daughter of John de Cogan, and three had three sons, Morse, 3rd Baron, Gerald, father of Morse, 5th Baron, and Thomas, father of the 1st Earl of Kildare. Morse, Fitzmorse, 3rd Baron, succeeded his father in 1257. In 1264, there was a feud between the Geraldines and de Debers, which rose to such a height that a meeting was held at castermont the Baron and his nephew, John Fitz Thomas, see Richard Dayburrs, heir to the Earl of Ulster, and imprisoned him in Castle Lee and Dumas. In 1273, having marched into Offley, he was betrayed by his own people into the hands of the O'Connors and detained prisoner by them until, having given hostages, he was released. In 1277, his son in law, Thomas Clare invaded Thom. They took prisoner Brian O'Brien, Roe, and beheaded him. But having with part of the forces been led into passion in the Silver Bloom Mountains, they were surrounded and be reduced to eating their horses. They were forced not only to give hostages, but to surrender to the Irish the Castle Ross Common in satisfaction for O'Brien's death. The Baron soon died at Ross in 1277. He married Emily de Lusbury, heiress of the territory of Old Murthy, in which uh, we get Kilke Castle and Castle Dermont. If you get a chance in your in Ireland, I highly recommend you go and staying at Kilke Castle. Not only is the Fitzgerald's history there, but it's a very beautiful castle and it has a luxury golf course and beautiful and great mills. Anyways, with her he had one son and two daughters. Gerald fourth Baron, Mabel or Amelia, Juliana who married to Thomas de Clare. Sir Gerald Fitzmaurice, 4th Baron of Offaly, in 1260, completed the Franciscan or Grey Abbey at Kildare. He succeeded his father in his barony in 1277. In 1285, the lands of Thurbaugh, Dave Verdon, and Meath have been plundered by the O'Connor Valley. The Baron, in revenge, invaded Offaly, but in the battle that ensued was taken prisoner. In 1287, being at war with Turlough O'Brien, he was wounded in battle in Thom. He soon after died at Rathsmore and was buried at Kildare. He had some time before his death settled awfully in the manor of Maynooth on his cousin John Fitz Thomas, afterwards Earl of Kildare. The fifth baron, Morris was grandson of the second baron and he married Agnes de Valence. He died without issue. Now we come to Thomas Fitzmorse, third son of the second baron. Try to keep track of that. He plays a major part in the origin of the crest. John Fitzthomas, afterwards Earl of Cadare, then an infant, was in castle of Woodstock, near a thigh, when there was alarm of fire. In the confusion then, too, the children were forgotten, and when servants returned to search for him, the room in which he lay was found in ruins. Soon after, a strange noise was heard in one of the towers, and on looking up, they saw an ape, which was casually chained carefully holding the child in his arms, the earl, afterwards, in gratitude for preservation, adopted a monkey for his crest and supporters. And some of his descendants in the memory took the additional model non-humor benefici," which means not mindful of kindness. On the side note, when Dean Swift was writing Gulliver's Travels, he quarreled with the Earl of Kader in order to vex him, introduced in his story the part which his hero is carried off and fed by a Brongadin ape. We're going to leave off here, and from here, the Fitzgeralds go on to bigger and better stuff. Okay, and then to answer today's question, what does the Mona Lisa have to do with the Fitzgeralds? Well, Mo- Lisa del Gicondo was actually born Lisa del Giardini, and was an Italian noblewoman member of the Geraldini family of Florence and Tuscany. Her portrait was commissioned by her husband and painted by Leonardo da Vinci in the Italian Renaissance, according to Wikipedia. And there you go. She is an ancestor to the Geraldinis, which were, if you know from the last podcast, where the Fitzgeralds got their beginnings. And I would like to thank my producers, Kipper, T-Dog, Grimrose, Lizzie, and my production company, Ugly Face Media. Thank you for listening. And as always... Slay the day.